The Flash underperforms at the box office. Warner Brothers desperately is trying to get Christopher Nolan back. And is the Zelda movie actually not happening? Let's find out in movie news. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Raiders of the Lost podcast, the ultimate film and TV podcast. Today we have a boatload of movie news, new movie releases, trailers, Disney announcements for their schedule. But first, let's get into the box office. This is the Juneteenth weekend. There is a ton of heavy hitters in the box office this weekend. Most notably, The Flash came out and had a very lackluster opening weekend, as expected, and actually performed lower than its box office expectations. It was projected for 70 million and then it only pulled in 9 million on its Thursday previews, which is pretty damn low. I mean, hopefully for Warner Brothers this movie has legs because it's going to lose the money if it stays this low for the, every week. However, it could still do really well overseas internationally. So we'll have to wait to see the box office numbers internationally to see how it does in the other markets, but so far this is a Pretty bad start for the film. And later we're going to talk about in a few minutes about the reaction to The Flash because yeah. it is being destroyed on social media like yeah. nothing I've ever seen before. <laughs> like for ridiculous reasons in my opinion. But yeah, I, we'll yeah, get to that in a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll discuss it. And then uh, Elemental, the Pixar's new film, had one of its the, one of Pixar's worst debuts in its history with a also a very disappointing $30 million opening weekend. Now this this movie had a $300 million budget, so this is going to end up being a huge loss for the studio. Uh, Disney and Pixar have had a if, iffy track record the last several years. And iffy? This, I <laughs> mean, it's been pretty bad, to be honest. I mean, Strange World lost yeah. over $100 million before that, their, their previous release before that. They probably haven't had a profitable animated film since, I would say, I mean, Coco. Soul, Co, Coco, but yeah, Soul, Soul was, was digital yeah, release. Soul was digital. So their animated films are just not performing well at all the last couple of years. I mean, Lightyear was a massive loss. They lost over $150 million in that movie. Last Lightyear was a huge, huge loss. So Elemental, um, it looks like it's going to lose at least $100 million for the studio, maybe more, um, because this is a very stacked lineup of films right now. I, see, I think a lot of families are still seeing The Little Mermaid. And it didn't seem like that enticing of a film for kids. If I was a kid and I saw the trailer for Elemental, I'd be like, meh, meh, meh. And then they marketed the heck out of that movie. Yeah. There are billboards everywhere, commercials everywhere. So it's not like they didn't market it because they definitely did. It's just yeah. I don't think anyone was really interested in it. People are interested in Across the Spider-Verse, though. It's having an excellent third holdover weekend with $30 million this weekend. It's closing in on $250 million domestic and is still crushing globally. It's performing extremely well. Broke 400 million. Yeah, and Sony is so happy that they are planning a lot of Spider-Man movies coming out in the next five years. <laughs> hopefully, it's quite not, a lot. Hopefully, it's not like we need seven a year. It's just like, gonna be one. A, no, they, it's gonna be one a year. All right, take your time. You know, make them as good as they should should be. Just like these two. I would expect that Sony's gonna hit it just like Disney hit Marvel. It's gonna be a movie every year. It's kind of going to be its own verse. There's a El Muerto is actually going to begin production. Oh, it's actually going into production. Yeah, with I Bad Bunny is going to be playing El Muerto. Because I remember a, a couple of months ago it got paused. Just started production. So oh. that's going to come out in 2024. But that's not animated. No, it's live action. And then Sony also just locked in two prime release dates in 2024 in the fall. And then in 2025 in the summer for IMAX um, screenings. And Spider-Man so, Four. <laughs> right now, it's unannounced. One of them, it's it's called a Sony Marvel animated title. That's the title, and then the other one is Sony Marvel live action film. That's Spider-Man Four. So they're both. I think. Uh, I think one's Gwen Stacy solo, and then one's going to be live action Spider-Man. 
um, maybe Miles Morales. So, Plus, they have the Craven, Craven the Hunter coming yes. out this year. Yes. So supposedly November, or October, October, I think. Um, I believe October, yeah. maybe. And so, but that's actually a big deal for them to lock in the dates right now. Uh, so they are they are heavily planning uh, the future of their Spider Verse, Spider Universe. Yeah, Spider Verse. Spider Verse is the word. Verse, yeah. <laughs> the universe of multidimensional spiders. <laughs> And so it looks like Marvel's got some stiff competition with Woo. Sony now. Sony, Sony's, Sony's, Sony's never, Sony's never been able to compete with them. But now they Listen got it. Listen to me now. <laughs> Listen to me. Sony might be uh, taking hold of the comic book future. Sony for Marvel reference. Yeah. Doc Ock, Spider Man Two. Sick reference, bro. He references his art. <laughs> Out of control. Everybody knows that. Next up in fourth place, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts had an okay second weekend with nineteen million dollars. Rise. Rise. It's doing pretty well. I expect actually next year's Transformers film to do better than this one. They're coming. They're in the midst of production of a animated Transformers movie, Transformers One, which will come out next fall. Voiced at, voice actors include Scarlett Johansson and Chris Hemsworth, as well as a large ensemble cast of other actors. I hope that the Transformer has an Australian accent. So uh, they, he, uh, <laughs> that would make, that'd Hemsworth, be so funny. Hemsworth confirmed he's not doing an Aussie accent. Yeah, it just wouldn't make sense. Yeah. But he is playing Optimus Prime. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's like an like a younger version. It's a of, young hot version of young, Transformers. Young shredded Optimus Prime. My guess is they're probably going to be ripping off into the Spider Verse the animation. <laughs> so it's, I think ever honestly, my prediction is Transformers. Uh, DC is probably going to do a lot of animated films. They're probably going to do a Batman animated film, and everybody's going to be doing the Spider Verse animation styles. I mean, I, I think. That's their maybe idea and approach, but mm-hmm. I mean, are they going to actually spend four years like Sony did developing and making across the Spider Verse and into the Spider Verse? I don't know yeah. if a lot of these yeah. studios have that patience and want to wait that long. Next up, we got The Little Mermaid in fifth place with $13 million. It's still trucking along. However, it's not doing very well overseas. It's now hit $400 million in total. Still has quite a lot of race to run to try and catch up to its budget. The Blackening debuted this weekend with a pretty good $6 million for a horror, R-rated horror film, and it's getting pretty good reviews all around. And then Asteroid City is the other new release this weekend, $800,000 weekend, in only six theaters. So it has the best per theater average so far this year with a $120,000 per theater average, which is, I think it might be all time. It could be. I, I think mean, it's all, I can't think of anything even close to that. People turn out for Wes's movies, and we're going to actually see it today in the morning. Yeah. We'll have already seen it by it's the time com- you're listening to this. To compare, um, Past Lives had a 58000 per theater average, and then Bo is Afraid had a $72,000 per theater average. So Asteroid City blew them both out of the water. Wes Anderson fans, man. Yeah. We are they roll deep. The hive, man. The Wes Anderson hive. <laughs> we roll deep for our, our West. Rough riders. <laughs> Quirky riders. <laughs> now let's get into the news. Let's start with a bunch of delays that Disney announced for pretty much every that, single one of their movies except for one. <laughs> Disney delays every three months. So listen to this. We got everything's been moved. So the live action Moana is set to be released now on June 27th, 2025. Deadpool 3, however, is the only one that's been moved up from November 8th, 2024 to May 3rd, 2024, which gives me a little pause because they're like in production on that right now. So are they really going to be able to finish it by then and have like a great Deadpool film? Like, we'll see. I mean, I think also maybe the Riot Strike, they're doing less. They can't do much, I guess. so maybe it's sped up the production. I think actually. I think Disney needs a banger. That's why they're moving Deadpool three up. I think they yeah. need to make money because they're because Indiana Jones five is tracking so low. 
their elemental they're project. They're having a terrible year. They're having a terrible couple of years. Yeah. So they're, they've been bleeding so much. I mean, Little Mermaid, it's still making money, but that is in the red right now until it hits $500 million. Mm-hmm. So a lot of their movies are not making money. So I think that's one of the main reasons they're moving Deadpool 3 up is they need a banger on their hands. They need a, a huge profitable film, and that's obviously going to be that. But this was also... This is also the first time they've made a Deadpool 3 movie since they bought 20th Century Studios, so will it be the same? We're going to find out. We're very excited about it either way. An untitled Star Wars movie debuting on December 18th, 2026 has been pushed to that date. Avatar 3 has been pushed to December 19th, 2025. Then Avatar 4 pushed all the way back to 2029. Avatar pushed all the way back to 2031. Now, remember, the original plan was every two years there was going to be an Avatar movie, so it was going to be 2022, which obviously at the end of the last year, 2024, 2026, 2028, and that, that would have wrapped them all up. But now we're going all the way to 2025 for the next one, then 2029 for Avatar 4, 2031 for Avatar 5. So by the time the fifth film we'll all comes be out in theaters, <laughs> <laughs> it will have been 22 years since the first one came out in 2009. Now, Captain America Brave New World is moving from May 3rd, 2024 to July 6th, 2024. Not a huge delay, but still a couple months, which is in turn delaying Thunderbolts to December 20th, 2024 as well as pushing Blade to February 2025 and the Fantastic Four to May 2025. Avengers The Kang Dynasty is getting pushed back an entire year from May 2nd, 2025 all the way to May 2026, and it's taking the place of Avengers Secret Wars, which is also jumping from 2026 to 2027. You can only assume that a lot of that's happening because of the Jonathan Major situation as they're figuring out what to do with Kang since it's the title character of the first Avengers movie that will come out in 2026 now, and still no news about what's going on with him and Disney. Yeah, that's my guess too. I'm, I'm guessing they might have even filled some stuff because there are so many variants of him. You know, I'm sure they got, they gathered some footage of him Probably. playing different variants to throw in. Also, they're looking for a director for Secret Wars right now. John Favreau, John Watts, and um, Sam Raimi are in talks, uh, discussions to helm the film. Uh, maybe both films because it's a two-pata. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is that Disney moved. They s- basically switched the release. Well, they moved Deadpool up to May 3rd in place of Captain America's former slot. So Deadpool is replacing Captain America, and then Captain America got pushed um, two months to the end of July. Almost three months because the end from the May 3rd to the end of July, that's almost a three-month window difference. So they're both filming right now. I'm assuming mm-hmm. that Captain America will have more CGI maybe. That's why they're pushing it back Probably, also possibly. Yeah. But I still think that Disney wants a sure thing banger for the beginning of next year or first, second quarters of next year because they've been losing so much at the box office lately. May's a great month to release movies. Sure is. Yeah. Sure is. This, you know, the end of spring. This past May was stacked. Yeah, summer movies. I think that The Flash would have done better if they could have gotten it out in May. Possibly. Yeah. All right, but we got some great Warner Brothers news. You want to <laughs> kick us off with this one, Anthony? All right, so Warner Brothers is trying to court their lost love, Christopher Nolan, back to the studio they produced many of Nolan's films, starting with Insomnia, the Dark Knight trilogy. They distributed Memento, and then obviously producing Inception and Interstellar for him, and Dunkirk. So he spent a long time, not just like, you know, just making films, but like working with their teams. You know, when when a filmmaker makes a movie, 
working with the marketing department, working with the production department, working with the executives. So I'm sure that he developed lots of relationships with all the people in that company. And since Warner Brothers has new people in charge, Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi, they've replaced the former CEO. They're trying to get him back. Warner Brothers has a history of, you know, locking in directors for long periods of time. They had Clint, East, Clint Eastwood's been making movies with Warner Brothers for over 40 years. So it's part of their history to, like, maintain an RS as long as they can. So we all know the acclaimed director severed ties with Warner Brothers back in 2021 over their streaming plans for their slate. So him, as well as many other directors for Warner Brothers, wanted their films to be released theatrically after the pandemic, but instead... The current CEO back then was like, fuck you guys, it's all going on HBO Max. And, and they were they like, didn't tell them. And they were like, what's HBO Max? Because <laughs> they had just started the service. And so Nolan was against this. He tried to fight it. He did get a theatrical release partially. Um, however, everyone else's films were direct to streaming immediately. And so um, new CEOs, Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi, are trying to spearhead a shift in strategy at the studio from locking up and better respecting artists to giving films longer theatrical runs and plenty of marketing. In their quest to secure proven filmmakers that will produce hits for them, they also want to patch things up with Christopher Nolan, their former prize director, <laughs> who helmed some of the studio's greatest projects of the 21st century so far. So first, what they've done is they've uh, sent the companies and they've sent him a check. They gave Chris a, a check for Tenet. Uh, seven-figure bonus, Woo! what he felt he deserved when it was released, but he was never given that because, you know, it wasn't released fully in theaters. And so he stopped by. He's like, oh, thanks for the check, guys. <laughs> just getting a seven-figure check from, from Warren Brothers with no, no, no reciprocation necessary. Yeah, exactly. And also, he has actually been doing uh, marketing strategy work and production, post-production work with Warner Brothers um, for Oppenheimer as part of them. So he's actually been at the Warner Brothers lot quite a bit. Um, so he got the royalty check from Tenet as a good faith bonus. Hopefully, from what uh, DeLuca said, we're hoping to get Nolan back. And I think there's a world where it can happen. So we'll see. He is doing production with um, Warner Brothers Studio for Oppenheimer. So he's around a lot. So hopefully, I mean, I think it's uh, obviously they did him dirty, but it was different management. It was a different CEO. They have such a long, tendered relationship. Again, it's not. It's like Nolan and his team working with the Warner Brothers people. Like, there's lots of people that help make the movies from beginning to end, and so he has so much familiarity with everyone, all the different departments. I think it makes sense for him to maybe go back to them. Also, the last few years before all these big changes started happening in the studios, the people who were running the studios they went so hard on streaming only, and they didn't even care about. You know, box office as well as how your movie performs for the rest of its career, the rest of your life, or the rest of that movie's shelf life. Mm -hmm. Which, obviously, Inception, Interstellar, Dark Knight Rises trilogy, Dark Knight trilogy, they're still making boatloads of money for Warner Brothers. And if you're losing a director whose movies will live on forever, you're losing money forever at the same time as well as you're losing your reputation and using losing some of your gold standard of film. Yeah, you're talking about long-term rewatching. These movies will yeah, be forever yeah. watched and be profitable for Warner Brothers. And they lost mm -hmm. one of their crown jewels with Christopher Nolan, whose movies always, all of his movies will live on forever. 
And Great I think point. they made a huge mistake because these streamers were like, all right, let's just get everything on streaming. Who cares? Let's get subscriptions. That's the future of our revenue. We'll be making off subscriptions. Like, oh, wait, maybe we should go back to great quality and great filmmaking mm-hmm. and, great, and working with great filmmakers because there's more than just a quick subscription revenue that we can make in going forward in this century. Blew up in all their faces, oh my man. God. We called it. We, we, called we, it. Called it. we called it. I saw the signs. <laughs> well, let's stay on. There's a lot, yeah. On Michael DeLuca and Pam Abdi for a moment. Do you have anything else on this Nolan situation? Not unless you do. Because they are also running Warner Brothers right now, their film department. And Lord of the Rings is something that they are going to start making movies about and remakes. We're not sure exactly what they're going to do if they're going to remake the trilogy or just do like solo films or what and then make a verse out of it. I think the verse is probably their plan. I believe that's what I read last. So they actually, DeLuca and Abdi, visited Peter Jackson in New Zealand to discuss the new films, trying to reestablish a connection with him, which is, I think, terrific news, meaning they actually care about what they're going to make with The Lord of the Rings and <laughs> going to approach the godfather What of- are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I think you can read between the lines. I think that going to the- see the godfather of The Lord of the Rings cinematic world <laughs> Is the best thing to do right now, and the great a great first step for these remakes. Getting his advice, maybe even getting him on board to produce, and maybe even direct and write. I wouldn't say he he probably wouldn't want to direct the same story again. However, getting him involved is the smartest thing to do because he arguably made the greatest uh, film adaptations of beloved novels of all time. Up there, he's up One there. Of the best yeah. trilogy of all time. I mean. And he, they're, the most they're perfect. Movies. Yeah, they're perfect adaptations. And like I yeah. said, these movies will live on forever, just like Nolan's oh, yeah. movies will live on forever. But you know, in ten years, or any, is anyone going to watch Rings of Power? No. I, I don't think anyone's even watching it right now. But really. we'll be watching Lord of the Rings yeah, again. We'll be, I'll be watching Return yeah. of the King in eighteen years. Yeah, I'll be an old man. We'll go to the hundredth year anniversary. In twenty twenty sixty, I'll be watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy. <laughs> Absolutely, still, man. we'll be like. Man, they don't make it like this anymore. <laughs> Back in our day, Peter Jackson, best trilogy of all time. <laughs> it's a perfect trilogy. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. <laughs> we'll stay on Warner Brothers as well with The Flash. So um, Andy Muschietti has been officially hired to direct The Brave and the Bold, the upcoming adaptation of the new Batman and Robin saga. Now James Gunn hired Andy Muschietti after loving what he did with the Flash, now before we get into the reactions of the Flash, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is with with journalists, and they like to like think they know what's going on inside a person's mind. Especially like James Gunn, I can't tell you how many news stories people have put out the last year talking about things he's never said and and putting things in his mouth. You know what I mean? Clickbait, bro. Like he's been dealing with so much bad press about him about things that people just assume. So this marketing expert. Uh, was on a podcast, and this is getting traction at a lot of news sites. And uh, their name is Terry Press, and they said James Gunn had to praise The Flash because uh, he wanted it to perform well, and he basically lied about liking it, which is ridiculous. They said that he inherited... They said that... <clears throat> sorry. James Gunn had to be enthusiastic about it, regardless of any potential misgivings he may have about the movie. When you inherit movies that you didn't make, you still have to own them, and you're still responsible for na- making them the best they can be, and releasing them in the world. It's kind of a catch-22. You can't say, well, my regime starts here. You have these movies in the can, and you have to deal with them. And I think it's just an absurd thing to say, to just say that James Gunn is pretending to like The Flash, because I can give you the the definitive evidence that he loved The Flash. 
he hired Andy Muschietti to do Batman. It's true. <laughs> you wouldn't hire Andy Muschietti to make one of the most important films of your upcoming slate of the next decade if you didn't think that The Flash was awesome. It's just silly to think that. Like, James Gunn's nuts. pretending to like a movie, and then he's hiring the director of that movie to make probably the most important DC movie fo- moving forward. May I correct you? It's, it's, he pronounced it Muschietti, not the Muschietti. It's Muschietti. Muschietti? No, no. Yeah, Andy pronounces it Muschietti. Muschietti. So it's an Got Italian it. last name. He's from Argentina as well. Um, Muschietti. But yeah, it's, he says Muschietti. Just, just to, Muschietti. To correct. Thanks. Well, everyone correct else says it. Muschietti. So. Yeah, it's Muschietti. Because I, I heard him in an interview. He said Muschietti. Muschietti. Now, to stay on The Flash. But I mean, isn't that ridiculous? That was ridiculous. Like, Why would he, he hire him? Obviously, he loved the movie if he hired him. Dude, Andy Muschietti is an awesome director. Yeah. I don't know. where. For, let's talk about this This Flash hate. That's just... I'm, I run the film Twitter account. Uh-huh. It's absurd the, the toxic the toxicity around the Flash what, right how now. To, like, what are and I'm saying? not even talking about the Ezra Miller situation. Mm-hmm. You know, their stuff. Not counting that. Yeah. Just everything else about the Flash. People are tearing it apart. They're trashing the CGI. I, I will say, the CGI. We thought it was just early versions of it. For them not to explain that they did that intentionally, I think it was a mistake to not be like, oh, this is why things look weird. I mean, yes and no, but also, I mean, if you haven't seen the movie, I don't want to spoil the moments of CGI that we're talking about, but even though we saw an unfinished version, I still freaking loved it. And oh, it's, yeah, yeah. Dude, it was fine. Yeah. It was, like, the the expect the way that people watch DC movies with this crazy <laughs> magnifying glass microscope compared to every other superhero movie, is bl- it's blowing my mind. Uh-huh. It's kind of pissing me off, too. Like, what do you want? It's a freaking awesome movie. I had a freaking blast. Uh-huh. I'm sorry that it didn't look like Avatar, The Way of Water. <laughs> I really hated. It's it's getting ridiculous because this mm. double standard of bad CGI. It's terrible and it dude, it's a superhero movie. It looked fine. It, it's it's and people are just trashing on it so mm-hmm. much and I enjoyed it. It's campy and fun, and I had a terrific time watching this movie. I'm shocked the bad press it's getting you on. You said that people are going after the nostalgia of it? The people are going after the nostalgia, so there's uh-huh. a ton of cameos in this movie, and people are attacking these cameos, and at the same time, I'm like, I just saw Spider-Verse with 20 cameos in that. Why is What's the difference between the cameos in Spider-Verse versus The Flash being used the same exact way to drive mm. nostalgia Great for your storytelling? They happen at different points in the film, of course. In Spider-Verse, it's more of the midway point. Versus the Flash, it's towards the third act. They're doing the same exact thing. There's nostalgia cameos. Yeah. Why is it nostalgia baits in one movie, but for the other one, it's it's just terrific storytelling and yeah. and homages. What, what's the difference between nostalgia and homage? And I think that people are saying that they're using nostalgia in the Flash to clean up a bad story and just like distract you from a mediocre script mm-hmm. i love the movie and then the, the the cameos i thought were terrific but the crowd loved it they're too. doing the yeah. same they're, these movies both did the same exact thing using cameos and nostalgia bait from previous movies and animated films yeah in your property i, I don't I, it's a double standard in my opinion i think that they both use it super effectively and i don't understand the hate for the flash yeah outside I, of the ezra stuff yeah. outside of the ezra stuff People are destroying this movie. I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was I thought it was a really fun time, and I I, I really liked the movie. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, yeah. Got, I got a little heated there, but it's yeah, just, you it got, just you, makes no sense to me. It's kind of it's kind of reminiscent of the hate for Man of Steel. It's odd. Yeah, why can one movie do nostalgia cameos, but the other can't because of the studio? It's silly because they do do the same thing, and I mean the crowd we saw it with. The cameos, everybody was applauding and cheering. People are destroying yeah. the the CGI for the 
interdimensional kind of limbo that Barry's in. Oh, that realm. People yeah. are destroying that. I'm like, it's an interdimensional reality. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not going to... They're just having doing something creative. And they're saying, like, this is the last shot of Henry Cavill as Man of Steel. It's like this warped kind of CGI distorted punch that he's doing. It's mm-hmm. like, who cares? It looks fun. Yeah, I, think- a, I thought it was interesting CGI. I had a good time with it. Yeah. And also, I, I mean... There's a lot to celebrate the f- about the film um, because I thought Sasha Kaye was fantastic. And unfortunately, I think all this negative press about it is not going to get her any attention that she deserves. And well, she'll still get a Supergirl movie for sure. We'll see. I mean, a lot of people online don't want it to happen. So, I mean, I'm not sh- I mean, I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was surprising. And I, I, for me, it, it, all, it all worked for me. I Dude, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand what's going on. Yeah, it's odd. I think it's just people hopping on the outrage trend on social media i think that's really what it's, it is it's, it's um it's cool to hate it it's yeah i don't get it i don't i, well, I don't I mean, get why one movie can do it and the other can't well i mean it goes back to like the competitive mentality of um acting like the studios are more like sports teams rather than just studios i guess yeah you know I like guess. already ha- already having a a, a a bad opinion about uh, the studio affects you walking into the movie and also the big cameo at the end which we didn't get to see we didn't know because we saw an unfinished version and they yeah. obviously were keeping it secret if you know what we're talking about it was like the big reveal of of you know yeah, yeah. of a batman yeah. from the past and i when you told me it cuz people messaged us like hey the cam- this is the cameo i don't know if you guys know I thought it was hysterical. Yeah, that was funny. People are taking it a little too seriously. I think it's really funny it's and just fun. A fun it's thing. a good time. Yeah. I thought this it was a, it's like a joke. It's a yeah. reset. Exactly. Yeah, it's a joke. It's a reset button too. Like, yeah, just have a good time because this is the reset. Superman Legacy and Blue Beetle will be like the first films for the DCU going forward. No, Blue Beetle. Um, well, I guess so. Yeah, that's what yeah. Gunn said. But uh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the film and rants and and, rants. and James is heated. <laughs> Look at this guy. How's he blood pressure? Film community these days, man, is so negative when it comes to like this versus that. It's like, why can't we just like them all? It's uh, comp- competition, bro. It's nuts. Yeah, that's what it is. Anyways, <laughs> let's, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. All right, all right, all right. Matthew Vaughn's Argyle. Speaking of Henry Cavill, has set its release date for February second, twenty twenty-four. This will be starring Henry Cavill and follow him as a super spy whose job takes him across the U.S., London, and other exotic locations. I love how they say London and U.S. are exotic locations. (laughs) (laughs) The exotic exotic place of London. U.S., London, and Canada. (laughs) (laughs) The film also stars Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Rockwell, Brian Cranston, Catherine O'Hara, John Cena, Dua Lipa, Ariana DeBose, and... Samuel L. Jackson. Dua Lipa, Anthony. Dua Lipa. <laughs> Dua Lipa. <laughs> Who's the rapper who you pronounce? Um, oh, um, who was that? Um, someone. It was someone very popular. Yeah. <laughs> the way you pronounced it was so such a boomer. Literally, I don't listen to modern music, The first man. time you listen to it. I don't listen to modern I mean, music. pronounced it. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on to some Guillermo del Toro news. So... He's going to. He has plans to make a couple more animated. I mean, a couple more live action films, and he also. Hold on, you have a different one here as well. What am I reading? Well, he's saying that. Well, okay. So he's two stories. So he's talking about animation in general. So we all know how much he loves animation. Pinocchio was terrific. He's planning to make a couple more live action films that he has ideas for. But then he's going to permanently switch to only making animated films for the rest of his career after those films. And he's just basically talking about how. 
animation is now finally being appreciated as real film, and he's just been a, a vocal component of this like big movement. Yeah, he says, animation to me is the purest form of art, and it's been kidnapped by a bunch of hoodlums. <laughs> we have to rescue it. He's talking about modern animation, and um, a lot of studios generally are just going for dumb, shut your brain off, make the kids laugh animated films. But he's saying that Across the Spider-Verse, the new Super Mario Brothers film, and then another movie that came out this year that's super successful are going to pave the way for the new generations of animation. Very cool. Yeah. So I hope he does more um, stop motion. I, I'm sure. I like Pinocchio. Stop motion animation. Yeah. yeah. So we have some more stuff. Gal Gadot is starring in a new adventure action film for Netflix called Heart of Stone. They are branding this as like a new Jason Bourne. James no, no, they call it yeah, the James Bond. Yeah, the new James Bond. Uh, I watched the trailer. Does not look like the next James Bond to me. <laughs> but I think it's a mistake to try to call something like the female James Bond or the female something. I think you're gonna push people away immediately. Yeah, I mean Netflix is Netflix. You know, they're like rich- just say it's a great new movie. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it looks it looks okay for an action movie from Netflix. It looks all right. Yeah, yeah. I mean they're. I'm probably not going to watch it. I don't even have Netflix. I haven't even seen Extraction, so... Um, what do you yeah. mean you haven't seen Extraction? I have not. Not that it gets Extraction. Just I, mean, I just don't have Netflix anymore. Seen, yeah. I just don't have it. <laughs> like you don't watch movies illegally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't watch it, guys. Movie 7? What's that? <laughs> he watches almost everything illegally. <laughs> so The Fall Guy, the latest film from David Leach, starring Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt, and Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Winston Duke, and Stephanie Hsu, has had test screenings... Gosling plays a stuntman past his prime who finds himself working on a movie set with the star for whom he dubbed doubled long ago and who replaced him. People are calling it a very fun action comedy. Although, the chemistry is said to be flat between Emily Blunt and Ryan Gosling. I didn't say that. I said the leads. You're adding names in there. You're you're Oh, the leads, sorry. The leads. There's a lot of leads, so I don't want to specifically say who they're saying it about. That's, uh, that's, that's, uh, that's hard to see. I mean, Gosling, Blunt, and Taylor Johnson are all very charming people. True. I mean, but the thing with... with uh, so this is obviously the same filmmaker, David Leach, from Bullet Train, which I thought was a super fun action movie. It's a wicked fun guy. But, you know, some of the... I, I could see some of the script and dialogue didn't always land with me. It wasn't like an awesome, amazing yeah. script. So yeah. I think that's all that this is. But I think... I'm really excited to see this. And this cast is stacked. I thought Bullet Train was super fun. Uh, I think that movie was overhated. But I, I enjoyed it. And I can't wait to check this out, honestly. Yeah. I mean, fuck yeah. It's a great really cast. Excited. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 is having one. early screenings. July 9th, and I believe July 10th, we're going to be part of a live like experience on July 10th, which should be super are, fun. Like a live experience? Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah we're, it's a digital like live stream event. He handles the emails, yeah. so I, I, he just says, we're doing this, and I say, okay. So we're going on July 10th to see one of their uh, early screenings. I believe you can get tickets you can. if you can. Yeah. You can get tickets to through these screenings. IMAX and Fandango. Mm-hmm. So see if, you, if it's playing on July 9th or 10th in your local area to get a sneak peek or early screening of IMAX... Is a version, I mean, or Mission Possible 7. <laughs> this is IMAX only, too. Oh, cool, cool, cool. Apparently, 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 that Zelda movie we talked about is not happening. <laughs> apparently, they were just rumors because the Illumination CEO wrote, he said in an interview, I don't know where that came from. I mean, I can understand how people would surmise all sorts of things because obviously, we've had a great experience working together. My relationship with Nintendo now includes being on their board of directors. So that guy's caking now. 
<laughs> so I understand how people can surmise things, these things, but in terms of the specifics, that was just something that I've been hearing lots of rumors about. Uh, this is just about what's next between Nintendo and Illumination. Um, so it's kind of like a non-answer, basically. Maybe they were just, you know, dipping their toes in the, the waters. Maybe it was all fake. I think it was just like, they like to, they like to put things out. They do. Yeah. All right, we got a little bit of news on just a little bit. Fede Alvarez's Alien movie. It's finally got a release date. This will be coming out August 16th, 2024 in theaters because Disney obviously lo- learned their lesson with Prey. <laughs> Keep bashing them. They, I mean, they spent $70 million on Prey and just released it on Hulu. Yeah. So they ate $70 million. They should have released that in theaters. They should have. Yeah. I think it could have easily made $100 million. Mm-hmm. Easy. You know, even if you're just breaking even, at least you're breaking even with that. Um, so this is still very much kept under wraps in terms of plot. We don't really know anything about it except for the running title right now is Alien Romulus. And Fede Alvarez is a really terrific horror director, so I'm really excited to see his take on Alien. I hope they do it justice. I'm super excited to finally see some images, maybe a trailer. But this is all we got so far on they Fede have, Alvarez. They've announced movie. some of the cast. Yeah, so it's most—it's actually uh, mostly a young cast. Yeah, we talked about it the first yeah. time we, we brought it up. But um, and also there's we all know there's the the live action TV series that sets takes place on Earth. Maybe so they that named, one. Maybe um, they named the Alien Romulus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Romulus is a very specific name. You know, Romulus and Remus, the the old myth. So, what's the myth about? Of uh, is it a Greek myth? It's a it's an ancient Roman myth, isn't it? Romulus and Remus, or Romulus? Which one was the the child born from a wolf or raised by wolves? <clears throat> Rome was founded yeah, by Rome. Romulus and Remus. Yeah, Rome's named after Romulus. They were twin brothers. Hey, born from a raised sons, by wolves, sons of a human mother and the god of war Mars. After their birth, the king ordered them killed. They were placed in a basket and put in the Tiber River. Left to die from exposure in the outdoors. And yes, they were raised by wolves. Yes. It's a myth. It's not true, but it's a great story and really interesting. It's lived thousands of years. And you know, the, they built Rome like where the they grew up basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure there's going to be some sort of mythological connection with those names. That's a very specific name. What's up, MTV Cribs? Welcome to my home. <laughs> Rome. <laughs> On a hill. <laughs> like this hill? <laughs> Let's build some shit. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited. We all know He's how much great we director. Love. Yeah, we we all y'all know how much we love the Alien franchise. Wes Anderson obviously has his new film out this weekend, but he's also finishing up a short film for Netflix based upon Raoul Dahl's "The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar." It's a 37 short film that will premiere later this year on Netflix. No release date yet, but we'll keep an eye out for it. Yeah, I don't know how this guy puts out two movies a year now. It's insane. He's cruising, man. Once you find your, he's got this well-oiled machine. You yeah. know. Yeah, he doesn't right. have to like look for a crew and actors. He's just like, okay, we're doing it. Next up, we have Sarah Pauly news. The Oscar-winning filmmaker is set. It's in plans to direct a live-action Bambi remake. We'll see. I mean, they're live-action remaking everything. <laughs> they, they can't so help. They it. can't help it. Uh, I wonder what it's going to be next after this. What what does what does they got? What so else I mean, do they have? They got Snow, plenty in the. In, I mean, they're doing Snow White. Um, they got plenty. I guess Hansel and Gretel. Do they own that or? <laughs> Um, do they own the Grim Fairy Tales? Uh, I'm not sure. Know. I'm not sure. All right, so sure. another live action Disney film in the in the re, in the works. Yes. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> They'll do the. They're gonna start doing the Pixar ones next, and then they're gonna go back to remaking the animated versions of the live action remakes. They're gonna do Fighting Nemo next. I guarantee. You. <laughs> Fighting Nemo live action. 
Next up, uh, Chad Stahelski was on uh, Joe Rogan's podcast, and Rogan grilled him about a possible John Wick spinoff, and he has confirmed that Lionsgate is pursuing a spinoff film with Halle Berry's character. That'd be cool. Yeah, I liked her character a lot. That's one of my favorite parts of the third film. But it doesn't look like Stahelski's going to be heavily involved. He said, yeah, they're planning. He basically was like, I think he's done. Yeah, I think he wants to do other things. Because he was saying they are planning a bunch of movies. And he says, I hope they're good. Yeah. Because so it doesn't look like he's going to be involved. Because he's he going to be doing Ghost of Tsushima. Yes. So. And I'm sure there's a lot of things he can just, he's just probably locked up yeah. for the future. Next up, we have some more Pixar news. They just released a teaser for their next film called Elio. It's about an 11-year-old boy who is mistaken for the leader of Earth when aliens make contact. Very cute. Yeah, it looked like a cute teaser. I watched it. Very cute. It looks looks fine. Mm. He's a cute little kid. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> Next up, a new trailer for They Clone Tyrone. Netflix's upcoming sci-fi comedy just dropped a trailer. Looks like a lot of fun. It stars Jamie Foxx and John Boyega. Looks really funny. Yeah, it, it the, Jamie Foxx looks ridiculous. He's been making that Netflix money. Oh, man. He, he signed that Netflix contract. Oh yeah, and hoping him he he's got a speedy recovery. Or maybe he'll be at the premiere too. Yeah, hope so. Final bit of news, Venom 3, Venom, 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 <laughs> has set a Halloween 2024 release date. Finally, a studio Halloween, has finally. a creepy movie with a monster, and they're going to release it in Halloween. I, I believe it's going to be rated R, too. They, uh, the other two were. No, they weren't. Yeah, they were. No. That was one of the problems with them. They were PG-13. Sh- really? Yeah, both of them. I thought Carnage was R. PG thirteen. You're right. There were, yeah, were that was there. the that was the problem with it. They were PG thirteen movies. That was the biggest problem I think with Renfield was releasing it. In- How do you not have Venom like biting someone in half and showing it? True. How do you not have that? You remember they cut away from when he like he shows up and he like is about to, he eats the guy. Yeah, on the they street. cut away. It's a good point. They don't show any of it. So rated R Venom. Let's go. Venom. Venom. <laughs> That's interesting because oh no, all right. Let me double check, I believe. Yeah, double check. It's nice having the, uh, the computers here now. Yeah, let's double check that rated, rated R. Yeah, Anthony's never had a computer before. Venom 3. Yes, rated R. Let's go. Very cool. I enjoyed Carnage, man. I don't care what anyone says. I enjoyed Oh, wait, movie. this is finally a possibility. Finally a possibility? Yeah. So it's not. Hold on, let me pull up the IMDb. So IMDB will, will Anthony have... Anthony has been lying to all of us. <laughs> Busted. All day. Let's see. When don't you lie? I don't know. So this is his first day using the computer. <laughs> Shut up. I'm looking for the rate. Uh, it's not. He, it's he not always yet. gives me shit about finding stuff. I that. already found it. I'm just it's nothing. It doesn't say. I bet he didn't find it. He's just lying. I'm on the IMDb page. It doesn't say anything about a rating. Anyway. You don't even have any Wi-Fi. You're just, <laughs> you're just looking at your home screen wallpaper. <laughs> it's just Tom Hardy shirtless. <laughs> All right. That wraps movie news number 104. We had so much to talk about today. It's a big one. Episodes. That's what she said. <laughs> We had a great week of episodes last week. We did Taxi Driver on Thursday, which was an absolute blast. We also recently did our Spider-Man Movies from Memory, which was super fun. This week coming up, we're doing an episode on Lady Bird, dropping tomorrow. Hour and a half breakdown of Greta Gerwig's film. We enjoy that so much. It's such a great movie to talk about. And then Thursday, we are doing an episode on... Oh, we're doing a... Yeah, the movie horror, draft. We're doing a... Our first ever movie draft, it's going to be a horror movie draft for horror movies from the 1970s and 80s, joined by the Spooky Tuesday podcast. It was a super fun episode. It was a good one. Very good funny. Time. Yeah. We all had a great time, so definitely don't miss that. Just a 
bunch of great conversations and silly com- silly talking about these great silly talk. Mo- silly yeah. talk. It was just, it was a really funny talk. It was, it was, it was I, a great laugh. It was really, a laugh riot. <laughs> we also have our Letterboxd recap on Tuesday. For sure. Yeah, we've we been seeing do, some yeah. good movies. We just saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood last at night. At the new Bev last night. Oh, man. In a theater. It was insane. Projected on film. Oh, my God. It was like one of my favorite movie experiences in years. So man. much fun. I feel like I was smiling for the first hour of Same, that movie. Same, bro. I was just I was like just so happy. I had to grin from ear to ear the whole first half. I hadn't been that happy in a movie since Top Gun Maverick. Like yeah. I was ecstatic. In the crowd. It was a good crowd. Absolutely was. Anthony spilt wine. On his- I spilled wine <laughs> on my white pants. You are brave for wearing white oh pants, my first God. of all. I love those pants. They're in the wash right now. I, I fucking sprayed them with shit. I uh, Hydrogen peroxide, dish soap. I did everything. It's going to be like Toby in Spider-Man yeah. 2. You're going to pull out some pink clothes. No, it's just only there's only that in it. Um, but I just put them in the wash with OxyClean, so hopefully that does the trick. I love those pants. They're so they're nice linen pants. They're so comfortable. Did you put bleach in there too? Uh, no. I should. Well, if it doesn't work, I'll out. I'll see how the Oxy- OxyClean is pretty fucking sh- awesome. So we'll True. see. We'll see. I'll, I'll, it should be done by now. Should have like bleached them. But man, it was such a. It was dumb because. Yeah, the, the, it was. The kids. <laughs> I didn't even knock it down. It was my. It was my coat knocked it down when I was getting back into my seat. Um, the coat tail just knocked it over. So it's your coat's fault. It was my coat's fault. Not your fault. <laughs> I accept no responsibility. <laughs> Take some ownership for your actions, Anthony. It wasn't my action. It was the action of my coat. Your jacket was just like, fuck your wine. No, I should have. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big coat, so I should have tightened it up when it's I Anthony sit down. spilled red wine everywhere. No, I, I just spilled all over. It just Luckily, it just went on my pants and not the person next to me. Uh, I would have felt horrible. I was like, I didn't spill it on you. They're, they're like, no, 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 I'm, I'm fine. I was like, thank fucking God. She probably went home soaking wet with wine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking assholes built wine all over me. <laughs> You're such not. a jerk. I hope not. All right, that wraps movie news. Thanks so much for tuning in, everybody. See you this week. See you next time. Thank you for watching Raiders of the Lost podcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button as well. Notifications for sure. Listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you can listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out this other content we have on our YouTube channel.